Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. There is a big difference that has happened that I've noticed in the last year, which is I think all of us working in e-commerce, we're used to basically going around with our begging bowls, asking for headcount, asking for marketing investment, asking for resources, asking for people's time. What has changed? The debate about how incremental is e-commerce, the debate about how important, that's over. People are now saying, how? So now my inbox and my phone is busy actually managing different requests for the number of people that want to learn more about this space. So now actually we've got the opposite problem, which is how can you educate at scale, but also how can you make more ambassadors in the business to lead the charge and deliver the transformation we all want to see. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofstetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, I uh, always joke with people that my relationship with my CTO is the longest relationship I've ever been in, but you're starting to be up there with me. It's between me and Sammy at this point now. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I I typically just tear through people, but you've stuck around with me for a year. (laughs) Wow. If a year is your benchmark, we got work to do. Yeah, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was kind of hoping for something a little bit more long-term, a little more high level of commitment. I'm honored that we've been doing this for a year together. It's honestly been one of the most rewarding parts of the last year of my life. I feel like you've been my support system throughout this crazy roller coaster, whether it, it was COVID or even starting my job at Profitero, which was not very long before we started this podcast. But thanks goes to you, Rachel. This is all your brainchild. I'm just your sidekick along for the ride. Well, you've made it bigger and better in every way possible. And I often tell this story. I'm a solo founder and it's pretty lonely. And so what I've realized is that the more opportunities I can create to collaborate with other leaders, the more rewarding the experience is. And not only did we create Brave Commerce together, but Micmac and Profitero, we do a ton of work together behind the scenes. And I think it's amazing how well our businesses collaborate. I have to say that the teams have been extraordinary. When you see product market fit and you see all the great things that we are and could continue to do together, it's extraordinary, but it wouldn't matter if people weren't motivated to do the same. And while you and I clearly are in lockstep with each other, when we see our commercial leaders, our marketing leaders, our customer success leaders working together, 
it's just so incredibly fluid. And I think that's probably how we ended up collaborating on our next big event. It's true. Commerce Live. Sarah, when's it happening? October 13th and 14th. And we have some sick guests lined up. If you like Brave Commerce, you're going to love Commerce Live. It's us on steroids with some of the greatest leaders in the ecosystem around the world. Go to gocommercelive.com to register. Now, back to us. Back to us. So a year ago, we decided we were going to do this together. We were like, okay, we're going to record it on Zoom. We're going to find a phenomenal editor, thanks to Ross Martin, who connected us with Joey, our editor. And then I looped in Chloe, who works at Micmac and supports me in the day-to-day. And I said, Chloe, you have another job. You're now going to learn how to become a podcast producer. We got mics off of Amazon and we started reaching out to our friends in the industry. And it is insane, the brands and the executives that we've been able to get on this show in season one. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the tables turned when PR people started pitching us like very shortly after we launched saying, you need to have our CEO on or something like that. And the truth is there have been some really good pitches. Some we've gotten from PR and a lot we've curated ourselves from CEOs to CMOs across so many different businesses and so many different perspectives. Some of those industries being food and bev, alcohol, Retailers themselves, beauty, pharma, toys, books, garden, pets, sporting goods, trade associations in the industry, challenger brands, apparel footwear, publishers. I mean, there's very few verticals we haven't touched, but in season two, you can guarantee we'll touch those. I think it's also worthy to look not just at the verticalization, but also the diversity of size. And so even from a retailer perspective, on the one hand, we're talking to Whitney Cooper at Walmart. Honestly, something that really changed my life and was the scariest moment in time for me is when I took a 60% pay reduction to go to Kellogg's. It was the best decision I've ever made in my life. I learned so much and it was, it was really hard and it was scary and I was, didn't know if it was the right thing, but I, I had to do it. And so that was probably the craziest and bravest thing I've ever done. And it paid off. And I'm very thankful to that company and to the people there that mentored and and taught me a lot of what I know today. And then we're also talking to Daniel Sotwiner at GoPop. Daniel, what's the bravest thing that you've ever done? Leaving Facebook without a plan. I quit. My wife and I pulled our kids out of school and we went to travel for a year and homeschooled them. Had we known we were going to run into the pandemic and that one year would turn into two years. We might not have been so brave, but uh, I guess I'll have to go with that. I don't know how far off their market caps are from each other, but one's been in business a really long time and one a relatively short time. And so hearing how each of those retailers are going to market, the different strategies they're using, their personal stories, that kind of stuff is extremely helpful to our listeners who, who give us the, the feedback and tell us what they want to see more of. So I really enjoy having the diversity of size, diversity of verticals, diversity of people. Yeah, the roles. Yes, exactly. The roles are really important because, you know, when we had Debbie, the CEO of Revlon on, hearing the perspective on commerce and bravery for that matter from the CEO spot, that's a very different perspective than hearing from a practitioner. Because the practitioner is always trying to wonder, like, 
What is my CEO thinking? What is my boss thinking? So thinking through that and being able to hear perspectives from those hands-on keyboard people to those who have to report out to Wall Street, I think has been very helpful for me in my growth. You know, with so much change that's happened this year in beauty, in e-commerce, I'm wondering how has Revlon stayed true to your values during this time? So Rachel, I want to thank you for asking me that question because it is something that I am very passionate about. We're very focused on four key values, innovation, collaboration, accountability, and inclusion. Brave Commerce has been one of the key ways that I've continued my learning agenda at Micmac and feel connected to the industry. And I think it goes to show how important commerce is to the organization. The fact that we were able to get CEOs from Revlon, Post Serial, Dick Sporting Goods, WW, Boxed. Then we've been able to get CMOs from Kellogg's, Petco, Lowe's, Sabra, Elf Cosmetics, Clark's, Heineken, EOS, Spin Master. And then many of our other guests hold the title, you know, SVP of e-commerce, VP of digital. It's just amazing. No matter what role you have within the organization, you want to be a part of the Brave Commerce community because it's where growth and relevancy is happening within your business. Speaking of the uh, Brave Commerce community, we're starting to build a really nice community on LinkedIn as well, seeing lots of conversation and debates. So if you're not currently following Brave Commerce on LinkedIn, I would recommend it. We're starting to see a little bit more just in terms of the types of topics and trends that seem to resonate more with listeners. Obviously, earlier on, lots of conversation about how COVID accelerated e-commerce trends. And now we're having more conversations about the uncertainty of back to work or cooking at home, things like that. But we're also talking about the challenges of workforce. How do you keep your workforce motivated? How do you motivate yourself when you're still sitting at home? How do you innovate? when you're not able to either do so in person and the fact that things are changing at such an insanely rapid pace. And then there's things like leadership style and hearing from so many different people, most recently Tara from Clark's about leadership styles, whether it's leading with empathy or leading with various styles. I think there's just so much to learn from each of these guests. That's what I love about being a global CMO is working with all the different regions and bringing the brand to life differently in each market. It's probably the hardest part of my job, but it's my most favorite for sure. I think for me, setting the teams, the regional teams, giving them the right direction, ensuring they're clear on the brand direction and the initiatives and the marketing approach, and then truly empowering them to own their region. I am not going to know what is best for the team in China but I am going to know the best from a directional standpoint in which we're going. So I truly try to empower the teams to do that. For those who haven't caught up yet, I I think it's a great opportunity to do so. Yeah. On the topic of leadership, you know, one of my favorite episodes was when we had Jason, the CMO of Sabra. And he's okay. (laughs) It was just such a, a beautiful episode where he told stories about his, his own forms of stage fright as a leader and how he had to overcome that and the role of public speaking and tune into that one. That's like mid-season one. And there was a, a moment where we were launching Oreo in Italy. It was a uh, national sales meeting. So, I mean, this is hundreds of people all coming together. 
asked me if I would just say a couple of words, but in Italian. As someone with deep-seated stage fright, you would have thought I would have just said a couple of words, but I really wanted to make an impact, and so I, I wrote a speech. I had someone translate it into Italian, and then I spent three weeks learning how to pronounce the whole thing. I got up there and gave a 15-20 minute presentation about uh, how excited I was to be launching Wario in Italy in Italian. I think that's by far the bravest thing I've ever done. I, I still look back and think, why didn't I just take the easy route? It's because you care. Yeah, I think you have to push past your fear because what's on the other side is so rewarding. Later that night, people were coming up to me and introducing me to their families and giving me a hug and a kiss. And uh, just I was received so warmly by that organization. It was so worth the effort to push through the fear, be brave and go for it. That actually was a great one. I also think the the vulnerability element of what people shared in their bravest thing they've ever done, listening to those stories and people demonstrating that willingness to be vulnerable at, from a leadership perspective, it's one of the most, I think, important things that you can do is, is to show the vulnerability and show the humanity and understand that most of the people in these jobs don't just wake up in this leadership position. They probably had to take some really brave risks in order to get there. We had Chloe, our producer, analyze the answers to what's the bravest thing you've ever done. And what she learned is that there were some key themes in season one. A bunch of people, including Sarah and myself, told stories about love. Other folks told stories about their children things that they had to overcome as a working parent or issues with their kids. There were a lot of stories about relocating for a career and taking a chance, which makes sense because I think the folks that we get on Brave Commerce are risk takers in their career. Can we just pause on that for a second, just about Jessica Spence moving to Russia? By myself. My husband didn't come with me initially. He joined like five, six months later, which was smart. I spoke no Russian. I knew literally nobody there beyond the person I was going to work for. And I moved with four weeks notice, thinking this would be interesting. And when I look back, I kind of do remember that some of my friends looked at me at the time and were like, huh, interesting choice. Nobody said, are you insane? But I think they were thinking it. But now when I kind of look back, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Unbelievable. The girl, the girl, president of Beam Suntory. The woman in charge, the, the, the woman who I absolutely adore and admire, moved to Russia and taught herself the language in a freaking weekend. It is a different freaking alphabet. It's crazy. Or like Daylou Jackson, who talks about like, you know, identifying as a person of color and going to Japan with a translator to run Nissan. Like these stories are amazing. It was the best experience. You talk about learning diversity and humanity and humility. When I take myself and my family and move them there and have to integrate into an international organization that speaks Japanese as a core language that I don't speak. And I had teams in London and Singapore and France and India. And we had to bring all of that together to deliver global scale solutions. I would say it was pretty brave for me, but it was the most rewarding experience in my career. The relocation part, as somebody who lives about a mile from where she grew up, these are the kinds of stories that are just like unfathomable to me and yet terribly inspiring in a way of saying, okay, well, how do I have to work within the construct of what 
I have to diversify my, my brain as well as the people around me. Yeah. And then, you know, there was a whole other bucket of stories, which I really, really appreciated around being a leader who identifies as a person of color and all of the challenges that they've had to overcome in the career, but also now the platform that they feel they need to take on to create positive change in this world. And so we heard from Diana Hosling, who, when we interviewed her, she was at Campbell's. Now she's leading e-commerce at Colgate. People who typically look like me aren't the ones that they expect to have the bold ideas and to feel comfortable pushing back and to lead big teams. Just being really comfortable, making a lot of people very uncomfortable and being really good at what I do. That's the bravest thing I've done. Or So Young King, who's the chief marketing officer of EOS products that went viral on TikTok. There's some amazing, amazing stories within these episodes. Social media, I believe, is is like your virtual storefront. You wouldn't ask somebody whether a storefront and a consumer coming into their store and asking questions and engaging with the product or the brand or the or the store experience is driving the business. And I don't ask the same question of social media because if somebody is there to be part of my community, I think that it's value add to maintain that one-to-one dialogue. It's never a one-size-fits-all approach. It's really about understanding who your consumer is. Our consumer, because it happens to be a Gen Z consumer, lives a good portion of their lives on social media. And so that's where a lot of the magic happens with respect to our commerce driving abilities. I'd like to pivot and give a particular shout out to our singular listener in Swaziland. (laughs) Whomever you are, you're an influencer and we thank you. And please reach out to us because we want to know what CPG product you might be hawking over there. (laughs) Now, speaking of our listeners, again, thanks to our producer, Chloe, for analyzing this. You know, in season one, 80% of our listeners were within North America. 13% were in Europe. 2% were in Asia. And then uh, 1% was essentially everywhere else. So it's amazing to see how we're starting to attract, you know, more of an international audience. And you can bet in season two, Sarah and I are going to make a point of trying to diversify our guests even more to have more global appeal. And we'd love to hear from you. So if you have recommendations on who you'd like to see, why you'd like to see them, whether it's an individual or whether it's a topic to discuss, please let us know. Send us a note on LinkedIn. We would be thrilled. We always like to hear from our listeners. Our guests give us feedback that they get from people who have listened to their episodes. So we definitely want to learn more so that we can make season two all the more compelling. So Rachel, what do we have to look forward to in our next season? So season two, Sarah and I coming at you from probably our living rooms, our home offices, and also in real life. We really want to dive deep and provide you guys with continual practical information. We're existing in an industry that's forever changing. We're going to aim to have much more of a global appeal. So again, if you have an international role, we would love to connect with you. We want to start to really get into some of the behind the scenes elements of commerce. I loved when we did an episode with Flex, which was all about supply chain. And you're going to see Sarah and I dive more deeply into those areas. And then we're going to continue to bring this community to life. You know, It was a challenging year with going in and out of a state of a pandemic, but we were able to bring together the Brave Commerce community in New York. We brought them together in Chicago. Sarah and I are talking about going to London next. But in the meantime, please tune in to Commerce Live. It is Profitero and Micmac coming together to do a mega conference on the internet 
October 13th and 14th. And we already have some incredible confirmed speakers from places like Mondelez, AB InBev, Mars, Scott's Miracle Grow, Kind Bar, as well as the behemoth Shopify and many more. So register at gocommercelive.com. Sarah, what do you think is the bravest thing that you're going to do in season two? The bravest thing that I am going to do in season two is I was going to say I'm going to be more vulnerable, but I feel like I'm so super transparent at this point. Everybody's heard about how much I've had to drink and eat. (laughs) But I'm with you on the practicality of it all. So I'd like to make sure that we have a better balance of the people at the top that are leading the charge and then those who are really making the rubber meet the road. And a lot of what we were talking about in season one was about adaptability. I mean, if I have to think about like the the universal theme was so much about adaptability because there was no choice. It was adapt or die. And so now that either we've built an adaptability muscle, but we've certainly talked about it significantly. The question is, okay, well, so how'd that work for you? Mm -hmm. You making money? Yeah. You growing your share? What are you implementing? Exactly. So you know, Jack Welch was uh, very uh, well-known for saying, and I'll screw this up as I paraphrase it, but basically there are some people that are really good at short-term strategy and execution, and there's some that are very good at long-term strategy, but those who can pull it all together and do them both, like those are the unicorns. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to start finding the stories of those who fix things in the short-term but set the right course for the long term. And I'm looking forward to uncovering those stories. So uh, if you know those people, please put Sarah and I in touch. And just final shout outs, because while Sarah and I are doing this every day and Chloe is by our side and Joey is editing, there's a few other folks at Micmac and Profitero that have made this happen in season one. And so it's Emily at Profitero, it's Gil at Profitero, it's Aaron at Micmac, it's Jazzy at Micmac, it's Allie at Micmac. Sarah and I are so grateful for you being a part of this Brave Commerce squad, and we'll see you all in season two. Later, Gators. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts, and don't forget to share this link with a friend. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media, meaningful connections. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of True, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcast. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.